It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't wanna do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell EMC solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash EMC. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. Welcome into a Friday night draft edition of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm James Erpine. A lot to get to doing this one from the house today. Well, this evening. And we got a lot to talk about here on Locked On Bengals. On Twitter, at Locked On Bengals, at James Erpine. And subscribe, iTunes, audioboom.com. Also, if you're looking for written word or anything like that, I've written a bunch of stuff about the draft on my blog at ESPN1530.com. Search word, James. So let's dive into it now. Right now, the draft's still going on. The Bengals just made the 73rd pick in the draft. And that is defensive end Jordan Willis, which I really like that pick. The the story of today will be Joe Mixon. In this episode, you're going to hear from Marvin Lewis on Joe Mixon, what the process was, why they decided to make the pick when they did. Also, Bengals offensive coordinator Ken Zampezi talks about the pick as well. You'll hear from both of them. But first, I want to talk about Jordan Willis because I have been debating here on Locked On Bengals for months on waiting on a pass rusher, Joe Goodberry, who joined me earlier today to talk about the draft, was in complete agreement that there were pass rushers in this draft that would fall, very high-quality players, guys that instead of reaching at nine for, for a Derek Barnett or someone like that, waiting, and you'd be able to get someone in round two or three that was very comparable, that, that had the same measurements, the same skill set, and might even have a higher ceiling or project to be a better player at the NFL level. And what do you know? The Bengals with the 73rd pick land a guy by the name of Jordan Willis from Kansas State. My co-worker Rocky Boyman loves Jordan Willis. He wrote about him, and I tweeted that out a bit a little bit ago. Jordan Willis is a beast. He's 6'4", 255 pounds, 4'5", 340-yard dash, tested really well at the combine was projected to go in round two I I know plenty of people that would have been fine with Willis being taken by the Bengals with the 41st pick the Bengals didn't even draft with the 41st pick we'll get to that in a second but here's what Lance Zerling of NFL.com writes he's a productive three-year starter who plays with a desired motor from whistle to whistle Willis is a stack and shed edge defender with good play strength and quality handwork at the point of attack He'll need more creativity to be an NFL effective NFL pass rusher, but he should be able to earn a roster spot and work his way up the pecking order in either a 3-4 or a 4-3. Bottom line is the Bengals got a pass rusher that most expected to go in round two, 
with the 73rd pick. A lot of people think that Jordan Willis could be one of those players that projects to be better than a Derek Barnett with time. He tested better at the combine. He showed that potential. Now it's up for the Bengals to develop him. And we'll get more on him from Joe Goodberry, who's watched a ton of snaps of Willis's career and other draft analysts in the upcoming weeks. But the story, without further ado, let's get to it. Joe Mixon. The Bengals took Joe Mixon. I've been talking about it for a long time. From a football perspective, Joe Mixon makes sense. And there are fans that are upset. There are other fans that are happy. There are other fans that don't know how to feel. And I'm here to tell you right now that if you're any of those three, that's okay. See, the thing is, is there is no right answer to Joe Mixon. There is no wrong answer to Joe Mixon. As a fan, you look at this team and you cheer this team. And if you're upset at them for picking a guy like Joe Mixon, who did what I think the majority of us would consider an awful, unforgivable act, something that the majority of us would never consider doing, I get it. If you don't want to move on past that, if you want to decide to boo Joe Mixon, if you don't feel comfortable rooting for him, I get it. If you look at the Bengals and you say, I want my team, my favorite NFL team, to have higher moral standards and understand that football, while being a business and while you need to try to win, there was probably someone comparable to Joe Mixon that they could have drafted. Maybe Alvin Kamara from Tennessee, who I heard they had interest in. But Joe Mixon is a member of the Bengals. And if you feel that way, I totally understand it. Now, if you're on the other side of things and you're a Bengals fan and you're sitting there like, yes, the Bengals got Joe Mixon. He's a top 10, top 15 prospect. He does everything the Bengals could look for in a running back, and they got him with the 48th pick. By the way, the Bengals traded down from 41 to 48 with the Vikings and picked up an extra fourth-round pick. Joe Mixon was still on the board, and they took him then. So the Bengals have added three players in the past 24 hours, John Ross, Joe Mixon, Jordan Willis, and they've done that, and they still have nine picks as of now. Heck, they could be trading up as I record this podcast, but I wanted to get it up there because I know how important this Joe Mixon thing is. I'm going to elaborate on, on, on my thoughts, but let's get to the two men that, that probably maybe didn't make this call. I think it was Mike Brown who ultimately made this decision, but, but two men that certainly were involved in the decision. Let's start with Bengals head coach Marvin Lewis. He spoke earlier tonight at Paul Brown Stadium about drafting the former Oklahoma running back, Joe Mixon. You know, we you know have done and all of our due diligence we can do, time spent and so forth, interviewing people, uh, everybody around him, everybody around his background, uh, people that have uh, coached at Oklahoma uh, and so forth with insight and so forth regarding him and uh, how he has uh, carried himself since that day. Uh, every bit of it. Every bit of it. We know that's going to, you know, uh, I think somebody worked, uh, you know, for, for some of our fans, probably let them to pause for a second. But, uh, uh, you know, we've got to make, you know, this thing's got to move forward. And uh, he's got to move on. He has lived uh, uh, with this since the day it occurred. And, uh, you know, he's done a, a, a job of carrying himself through that. Yes. Well, I think for the last three years, he's had to live on the needle, on the, on the head of a pin. And, uh, everything he's done comes under the microscope. We under, he understands that. 
And I think every day moving forward, he lives on that same under that same microscope. So that's Marvin Lewis. And I, I will have thoughts on what Marvin had to say, but let's get one more in here. Offensive coordinator Ken Zampezi excited for Joe Mixon, the football player. I'm so excited I can hardly stand myself. This guy can flat go. Very, very good football player. Strong, explosive, change of direction, feel and instincts, catches the ball, can move him around in different places on the field. Interviewed uh, football IQ-wise very well, protections, explained his offense well. I think uh, I think he has a very, very bright future. All right, so now we've heard from the coaches. You heard from Ken Zampezi, you heard from Marvin Lewis. Now let's get into it. Here's the thing. We all like redemption stories. In America, we like – it's just how we are. We like to see people that are struggling or, or come from something, even if it's self-inflicted, and recover from it. And maybe Joe Mixon does have that very promising career that Ken Zampezi just mentioned. Maybe the Bengals are the perfect spot for a player that, let's be honest, is very controversial. There's gonna, this is going to make national news. This is going to be a story. It will go away to a certain degree, but it will also follow Joe Mixon and be in the back of everyone's minds for the, probably the rest of his life, at least while he's in the public eye. But you look at Joe Mixon. And it's clear. I, you've heard multiple draft analysts on this podcast, including Dave Lapham, who's as close to the Bengals as you can get, including Joe Goodberry, including our locked-on draft host, John Ledyard, about Mixon. The talent is real. And that's why the Bengals did what they did. And the reason... Like, think about that. Like, I don't think the Bengals are naive enough to think that this isn't a serious thing, that there wouldn't be blowback. That They were the first team to bring Joe Mixon in for a visit. They were the first team to meet with him, at least according to reports. They were the first team to bring him to their city to talk to him. And other teams did, the Packers and the Broncos. And I know Adam Schefter said only four teams were interested. I don't believe that. I think every team had a, a, a round had an area where they would have drafted Joe Mixon. It is the NFL. And while, yes, you as a fan have every right to have a moral standard, when you're elite at something in life, when you're that much better than everybody else, Joe Mixon is probably the second best running back in this class and could end up being the best running back. And in life, when you're elite at something, when you're the best in the room, you get more chances. You get a second chance. That's why the Adam Jones thing is so baffling to me. He's not a young kid full of promise asking for a second chance. Joe Mixon, that's what he's doing. And I don't accept or, or, or think that anything he did was right off the field. I, I know how awful that was, and I would have been fine if the Bengals didn't pick him. But I also understand that I'm not going to believe that, that NFL teams weren't going to consider him. If you think Joe Mixon was going undrafted, you're, I, I don't know what you're thinking <laughs> because he was not going undrafted. This dude is a great running back prospect. Maybe it doesn't pan out. Maybe it does. But what the Bengals are telling you is that they want to win and that they felt that Mixon, after meeting with him, after talking with him, that he was worth the risk. You might be frustrated with that. You might not accept that. But it's, uh, again, 
when, when you're evaluating prospects and you're an NFL team, it, it goes down like, like with John Ross with the injuries. I got that a ton. Oh, well, his injury history. Well, teams have doctors for a reason. And those doctors determined that John Ross was medically cleared. The Bengals pay those doctors to make that decision so then they can, in their draft room, say, well, our doctors like him. Our doctors think he, he tests out well. He did all this stuff uh, as far as the, you know, he's really productive in college. The tape looks great. He had a great 40-yard dash. He does have the injury history. Doctors cleared him. That red flag isn't as big of a red flag as if he projected to get re-injured or they didn't like something on his medicals. So let's apply that to Joe Mixon. The Bengals met with him multiple times, and they determined that that was an isolated incident. You might disagree with it. You might hate it, and I understand that, and I'm not going to tell you how to feel because there is no right or wrong way to feel when it comes to Joe Mixon, when it comes to this situation. And, and I think that's the difference, is instead of getting mad at someone who's going to cheer for Joe Mixon, you shouldn't do that. And on the same time, if you're going to cheer for Mixon, don't get mad at someone who's appalled that the Bengals took him. Not only is it their right, but it's very understandable. So today, I look at it, and yes, from a football standpoint, I've been the one that, that said Joe Mixon makes a lot of sense for the Bengals. But I honestly didn't think he would be there at 41. I sure as hell didn't think he'd be there at 48 because I thought another team would have said Joe Mixon's talent outweighs the PR nightmare or PR issues that that the team's going to face and yet he was there and the Bengals made the pick and when they did I felt funny about it it wasn't the same yet as it was yesterday when the Bengals picked John Ross like I had discussed here multiple times on the podcast that he was the guy they should pick I was excited because I knew what they were getting and, and I thought it was exactly what they needed Mixon could be exactly that but it's hard to not see the video, not see that video that, that happened multiple years ago and look at it and say, man, he's a member of the Bengals and not wonder if you should cheer or if you shouldn't cheer. And there is no right. There is no wrong answer to that. And, and so th that's the goal of this podcast. Yes, the Bengals, as far as talent goes, they got three guys that could have went in the top 40 of this draft. They have three players, two top 10 talents in my eyes, in, in a pass rusher that's very comparable to guys that went 30, 40 picks ahead of him. But ultimately, ultimately, if you're mad at the Bengals for picking Joe Mixon, I don't blame you. If you don't understand why they wouldn't have went in a different direction, I don't blame you. And if you're excited to watch Joe Mixon on Sundays at Paul Brown Stadium because you know how much talent he has and you you watched highlights of him I also don't blame you it's not the fans responsibility to it's it's totally up to you it's totally your decision it's totally subjective to, to how you want to view things and that's what draft Twitter that's what fans that's what Bengals fans that's what America is going to have to get the Bengals are going to get some blowback for this. I, I don't know how critical I'm going to be of it because I get it. I understand. They believe that he's going to stay clean and they believe the talent was worth it, was worth this, what's going on now. Log on to Twitter and look and see what people are saying. Look at Facebook comments. Uh, tune into ESPN 1530 on Monday when Mo Egger and I are on 
and you're going to hear people that are pissed off. But that's okay. Because as a fan, you have a right to be pissed off. And if you're excited, don't feel bad about being excited. That's your call. Understand that. Your decision. I, 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 I think that judging fans by the way they view this is the wrong way to go about it. And I think that that's the, the overwhelming sentiment here. I, I, I turned this mic on, and I got to be honest with you, I have so many different thoughts running through it about Joe Mixon, about the Bengals picking him from a football perspective, from the PR side. I didn't know exactly what I was going to say. I don't have notes in front of me. I'm doing this at home today. And normally I don't really have notes. I have an idea of where I want to go. I turn the mic on and we go. And, and I, th- I think ultimately w- what has happened talking to you in this 16-minute podcast is I just want to let you know it's okay to feel however the hell you feel. If you're pissed off at the Bengals, if you're mad at them, if you're sad, if you're upset, that's fine. That's okay. If you're excited, don't feel bad about being excited. Ultimately, if Joe Mixon ends up being a good player and a good person off the field, then he will be able to move past this as a person, as an adult. And it's, it's something like, again, we like the redemption story. But while that could happen down the road, that doesn't mean everybody has to accept him now. And also, while his act was awful in something that no one should ever do, that we should never have to, to see, that should never happen. It's unforgivable. And you can't forget it, and it's something that will always be there. You also can't get mad or upset or blame fans who say, I'm rooting for Joe Mixon. I want him to succeed for my Bengals, and I'm about the team, and I'm not worried about what they do off the field. Because fans that say that are at least being honest. Fans that say that are being open. And let's, let's call it for what it is. The Bengals, they told you what they're about today. They want to win. And they're in the business of winning. And if that means evaluating someone that the public may not view as a 100% awesome citizen, they're okay with that. If the talent is there, if they feel like that the person, the player can stay out of trouble, if the talent outweighs the distraction. With Joe Mixon, they feel that way. With Adam Jones, I don't think that's as much the same. I don't think they would bring in Adam Jones off the street. I think it's Mike Brown working personally. I think he's working with his feelings and and not with his brain, with his heart and not with his brain, emotional. But with Mixon, I think it's a talent thing because there's no ties there. There's no personal thing. You know, Adam Jones has been here for years. So ultimately, those are my initial thoughts. The Bengals have gotten three very, very, very good prospects. The offense is going to potentially be great. This is exactly what I wanted to see from them from a football perspective perspective and if Alvin Kamara would have been the pick I would have said the same thing because what they did is they upgraded at the two spots on offense that they had to upgrade at they upgraded at the defensive end position and that is huge for this team they still have a bunch of picks how they even traded back to get Joe Mixon so so that there's the, the argument too who knows they, they didn't know they, they traded back from 41 to 48 Mixon could have been gone by then so ultimately the Bengals traded back. He was still there. They picked him. Okay. As someone who knew they had interest in him, I knew that this was a, a likelihood if no one else jumped on him. 
and they made the pick. And I get it. I understand it from a football perspective. But if you don't, that's okay too. I'm James Rapine. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast. Uh, a ton to, to discuss. By the time you hear this, I mean, it, these. I wanted to do this because this Joe Mixon topic is big and people have feelings about it. And, and I would love to get your, your emails, your thoughts. You can email me, James Rapine at ESPN1530.com. Tweet me at James Rapine at Locked On Bengals. And I, I look at this, just this, uh, this situation, and I, I understand however you feel. And I'm looking up the poll here. I, I put a poll on Twitter, and I want to see the results, and I'm going to read them to you here in a second. All right, here we go. I said, how do you feel about the Bengals taking Joe Mixon with the 48th pick? Right now, 34% say I love it. 34% say I'm not sure how to feel. And 32% say I hate it. And there's no wrong answer to that. 100% of you are completely right with what you're saying. Just want to let you know that. On Twitter, at LockedOnBengals, at James Rapine. Subscribe, iTunes, Audioboom.com. And stay tuned because we will have a complete draft. Uh, I'll have a complete draft wrap-up podcast. We will analyze each pick, talk to analysts about each player the Bengals pick. They have a bunch of picks left. We talked about three players, three Football-wise, great prospects, and yet they still have nine picks because they traded back from 41 to 48. We will recap all things Bengals draft in the upcoming day or two. You guys have a great weekend. If I don't talk to you till Monday, I'm going to try to get something done Sunday. But if not, and I, I don't talk to you till Monday, I, I would love to hear your thoughts on Joe Mixon. Tweet me, email me, and until then, I'm James Rapine. I appreciate you listening to the Locked on Bengals podcast. Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first-round wildcard exit of epic proportions? Did you think that the Reds hitting would come around with the signings that they made last offseason? Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr, and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day throughout the offseason, I'm going to take a look at these Reds, how they fix what didn't work in 2020 and how they continue their success in 2021. But wait, there's more. I'll also have interesting interviews with players, writers and everyone in between talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Come join me on the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day.